Hi, I'm Sammy Shulman. I'm Josh Siegel. I'm Yoni Pruce. And I'm Aaron Kirkpatrick. And welcome back to the Ye Old Floater. Today oh. is Open Mic Monday. After a bit of a uh, bit of deliberation and discussion, it is certainly Open Mic Monday. We decided. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we might as well preface that tomorrow is the finale of the current top fifteen series that we've been putting out over the past few weeks, and uh, we've been going in you know position order one through five, which means tomorrow is centers, which Yoni is all prepared for. <laughs> Very prepared. But for today, we'll be talking some basketball. Uh, maybe a little bit of baseball, maybe a little bit of football. Welcome to Open Mic Monday, boys. So um, I have something I'd like to start out with, if you guys are cool with that. Go for it. Uh, Sammy, it's actually not one of the sports you mentioned. It's soccer. Um, so the German soccer league, Bundesliga, is uh, close to returning. That seems crazy to me, isn't yeah, Germany yeah. one of the top five Well, no. Germany... Um... Germany was way ahead of everyone else. Germany started they down. Yeah, Germany started the wide scale testing program in January. Yeah. So oh. they're they're but just they ahead still, of people. There was still a lot of cases there. I'm pretty sure they were like fifth in every country. Right, but it's just things happened there earlier. Whoa. That was loud. Yeah. Oh. So they're no, just yeah. ahead. Yeah, exactly. But the crazy thing is, so basically the government uh, said there's like a ban on all social gatherings until like I think it was October or November, but the league is petitioning that and saying like if they do it with no fans, maybe they could do it. Um, but the crazy thing is they had to figure out like what was needed, so they had like some doctors do like some math and stuff and figure out how many tests they were going to need. Um, any guess on how many tests they were going to need to finish out the season? Can you explain what you mean? Uh, coronavirus tests. Are they testing? Not what I mean. I'm saying, like, are they testing? You're saying to have fans at the games? No, to, to have, have the for games? the players, to, just so to like, have the games. So every so game like, they're going to test players? Yeah, yeah. and so it would – yeah, they would test the players. How many as, more games are there? I don't know when the soccer league goes from until. Um. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere. I'll just guess that it's six figures. It's in the hundred thousands. I'll um, just guess that. Yeah, I assume it's. I think they have like twelve or twelve more games. They have a and yeah, so they have to test players, coaches, referees, and a couple essential personnel. But um, Sammy, you were close. It is in the well. It's actually five figures. So you weren't. Too close. It was uh six oh. uh twenty thousand. All right, so I said a hundred thousand, it's eighty thousand yeah. That's that that's the thing. To... Yeah, go. Sorry, Doc. Yeah, it's just crazy that they would end up needing twenty thousand tests to I don't know why zoom. that doesn't feel like a lot to me, but I guess for twelve games it is a lot. Yeah. That's the thing that worries me the most, and it's sort of just unfortunate with the timing that even though the NFL is the sport with the most time to prepare to return. The NFL is also least equipped to return in a situation like you have the MLB and NBA proposing because when you have 53-man rosters, it's hard to do the big quarantine thing. On top of that... Well, there was, there, that was never going to work even in baseball. Um, and, the well, whole, no, whole, it's, whole it league in a seems, hotel. It still seems like a possibility. No, like uh, a, so many players have already said that they're not willing to leave their families like that. And I mean, for the NBA playoffs, it seems like that it probably won't happen. Um, but either way, on top of that, the number of, I mean, the number of, you would need weekly testing for God knows how many people per team because you have 53 players plus practice players, plus coaches, plus football has more medical personnel than any other team, more equipment personnel than any other team, just because of the nature of the sport. So even if the situation gets better, unless there's a vaccine, the NFL, I don't know if how realistic it is for us to get football until testing is increased dramatically. Because at this point, if they were to do that, it would drained so heavily on the resources that are necessary yeah i don't know i feel like i feel like it's i feel like we're gonna have football i don't know why i mean the fact that i mean what we really have to find out is 
when they're when they loosen these restrictions, is it going to get a lot worse or is it going to stay, you know, kind of neutral or how long until we really can? Like, you know, some states are already are, are already loosening their restrictions. And so by that point, it might not need to be a testing every week. It could be a monthly thing. And like the only issue I could see where we don't get football would be like it's like the first game that they're trying to do this new thing and somebody does test positive, then what? Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, don't... I think there are two things. First, just the states that are opening up right now are being idiots. Like, I think all the evidence shows that we're not ready to reopen yet. Um, and also, another thing to look out for is the fact that the CDC director said we could have a second wave when it coincides with the flu in the winter. So yeah, but that's but they, yeah, would, okay. they would have to consider a like, season like we talked to you about that, Josh. Like we were talking like not about sports, about that. My thinking about that is two things. It's one that, first of all, like there will be a lot more people who are immune to it just due to like natural antibodies well, and stuff like that. Yeah. And like like Governor Cuomo came out today and said like 15 percent of New York um, that like in a small sample size, but 15 percent of New Yorkers tested now have antibodies against coronavirus, which doesn't mean that you can't get it, but it's like a really, you know, positive thing. Um, I also think that I don't know for sure if there will be a vaccine, but I do feel like people will be more um, understanding that even if they're going outside, I don't know about gloves and masks at that point, but they probably won't be as non-hand sanitizer-y willy-nilly touching. You know what I mean? So I think that... I don't think that I could see a situation, but then again, what am I, who am I to say um, where it's worse than it was this year, where we end up with, you know, a quarantine that lasts longer than TBD, which, you know, hopefully will be over within the next six weeks or so, but that's not a guarantee. Yeah. And I mean, the NBA, I mean, some teams in in the States that are more so opening up than others are looking to return to facilities. Right. On May 1st, this week. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I think that we'll see, I think that'll tell a lot. Yeah, I agree. Within that week, if there are players testing positive for the coronavirus, then I think the NFL is going to be a lot more hesitant to return and a bunch of other different leagues, like if players from the NBA test positive, the MLB will be more hesitant too. And I think the other, yeah. if you don't mind me interrupting, the other slight yeah. advantage that the NFL might have is that it's like one of the only sports, and this probably is a dumb take, and like I, I'm, I don't know how much grounds it has, but it, it feels like it's a sport where if you needed, players could wear masks and gloves. Like I know that sounds ridiculous, <laughs> yeah, but like I, it's just like they wear helmets already, right? So yeah, well, well, the the biggest advantage the NFL has is that they give the least shit about the well being of their players. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's anyway. all, I mean, no, that's I a agree. Good point. I think they're yeah. most based around making the most money that they can. Like, I think the NFL is like an amazing, like, good business, and I think that they don't really care as much. The NFL Players Association has never been nearly as strong as any other leagues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. so much dispute within the um, CBA that was proposed this offseason. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just objectively, if you're asking me to, like, rank the leagues that I trust to, like, come together and come up with, like... NBA's got to be number one. NBA is easily number oh, one. Oh, by far. Of just yeah. how much you trust them to look out for the players and come up with something that's both good and safe. Yeah. I respect everything Silver has done. I, 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 I love like, Adam Silver. I, I feel like he's done a really good job, especially this season. He also had to deal with... um. David Stern dying. Yeah, and Kobe. David Stern dying. The China crisis earlier this year. Kobe Bryant's yeah, death. China crisis. I mean, Adam yeah. Silver is the only sports commissioner that I like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I used to like Manfred, but this hasn't been the greatest off season for him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's he's awful. He's just awful. Um, and then Goodell, we know, but the worst is Mark Emmert at the NCAA. You think so? Yeah. It, I mean, it's just college athletes. It's just a whole – within the next 10 mess. years, something it's is going to change. It's a whole other – Yeah. Thing. I mean, there's I a d- reason why players, like the top recruits for next year's class or what is it, two years, just don't want to go to college yeah, and they'd rather yeah, go to the G League. reporting a few days ago that they're just going straight to the G League. Have we found yeah. out how that works in terms of do you just get Drafting. to choose what team you sign? Because I, I, I it seems like there has to be a G League pool draft. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, I was thinking like, the same thing. Because it can't just be like everybody can go to the New York Yankees. Like, I, I'm saying because that's the only example I can think of is like baseball. 
it can't just be, oh, I want to play for the Warriors since they're going to win a championship. I better go to their G League first. Well, could it be like you signed a, you sign a G League exclusive contract well, and what then I worry go back that, into the draft? What I worry is that it's going to be something – the only thing that I can think of without it being a draft would be a bidding war based on salary cap. But then uh-huh. it seems like players, like teams – like let's say like the, the Wizards had the most cap that year, and so they decide to spend $35 million on, you know, Coutinho, Mo, like whoever. I but think I Coutinho, think, but I I think the Evan. point – well, um, what I, I, so I don't know. It feels like there has to be some sort of draft system. Well, no, what I, what I'm saying is that it's, I don't think, you know what it actually seems like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it just seems like if, if players are going to start doing that, you should have to allow them to draft high school players. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, the, the G league thing, is it something where like you go into their quote unquote farm system and get called up from the G league? What I'm saying is like, it's probably going to be like something where like, if you were a baseball player, you would get to choose a farm system to be developed in. And then when you're old enough for the big leagues, you would go into a draft and any team could choose you for the big leagues. Like the rule five, but you can't protect players. Yeah. So I'm saying is like a player could say, I want to play on the Santa Cruz warriors, but the golden state warriors have no right to them. They have their, their contract is with the G league team. They're exclusively to the G League team and then for the NBA. Is the issue like G League teams don't play? But but players, it's players aren't um, uh, like the players in the G League aren't being drafted out of high school. Yeah, like it's not like they then go just go up to the regular team the next year. Yeah, I think I think that the best way to do that is what you're saying, Josh. Is that players need to sign an exclusive contract just to the G League team? And that once yeah. they hit a certain age or they played a certain amount of years, they can sign up or like go into a draft. I don't know. I think the best way to do it is just to either say that high schoolers can come into the NBA or not allow players to choose what G League organization. Because like nobody would be signing with the G League if they were allowed to come straight out of high school. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just go into the NBA draft. And no, so... I think the ideal system is allow high schoolers to come out. If you go to college, you have to stay for two years. Do you, you want high schoolers? You're like, Going straight into the draft. I don't mind that at all. I really never understood. I mean, it's it's like if they're not going to be paid in the NCAA, and it's a family. You know, like I've never been a yeah. fan of high schools not be. Also, you know, yeah. for eight years there, like tons of high school players came out, and yeah, there were a lot of busts and a lot of guys who weren't mature. But there well, was man. also some of the biggest superstars in NBA's history. Oh, I agree. I mean, I think that. But if you're talking about like the entirety group of NBA players who were came straight out of high school i think most of them were busts and like let's say there's a player who came right out of so high maybe school. players who come from high school don't get drafted as high but that's not really an issue for the fan or a no, team i mean it right. also makes th- the draft I, more interesting no but like let's say i think it's sort of a win-win situation because the reality is win-win-win no, because like, because you know the negotiator you get it right yeah now. i get i get it. But All right, let's say um, that the high school player comes into the draft they play for a year and then they're like and then they're done do they go what to do you college? mean like like let's say they get drafted they give it uh, – they, they play in the NBA for two years. Let's say they get a huge injury and they're out for the rest of like, their career. I mean, they can still go to college go like, to as college? a student, but they probably I mean, won't, can't play basketball they, because they had yeah. a huge injury. Well, they have to like go like reapply to college or like are they already in the college? I don't think they ever applied to college. If they, yeah. Like, I mean, that's just oh, the same thing as saying a high school drop. Like somebody who graduated yeah. high school. I think, first of all, you have to graduate high school to be eligible for the draft. I think that's yeah. important. I think that's, Obviously. Um, yeah. And then – like right now, like Luca Doncic, like he wasn't eligible for the draft until he was what nineteen. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't really be like that. I right. mean, like I mean, he he should have been an NBA honestly by the time he was sixteen. I agree no. that that doesn't make sense. Well, what do you mean? No, he's ready. He was playing professional basketball at that point. You want a sixteen-year-old playing in a league with a thirty-seven-year-old? Do you think it, you think he would have? It's that much different than a nineteen-year-old? I mean, I think that yeah, I think the growth. I think so. There's a much Sammy, there's different... a big difference between a sixteen-year-old kid and a nineteen-year-old. Right. I don't think Luca was ready, ready at nineteen. Luca was Luca was ready at seventeen or eighteen, and I think that I think feels the like he, What if he had gotten is... hurt? 
Right, and the reality is... Oh, no, that's just one situation. That was on any In any given year, there are max one or two high school players who are ready for the NBA. Right. And, and, I, think, and I think from the first go-around with all the horror stories, people will understand that. Front offices um, will be much more reluctant to draft players out of high right. school. But still, and, players who really need that first paycheck. I mean, the bottom line is even getting like, right, signed so what late you, in the first round is like a 500K so, in signing bonus right away. Some families need that, and that's like enough money for them, yeah. you know, to no, really I, thrive. I agree with you. I right. And then, so like Yoni was saying, even if they got hurt, they can still get a degree. I mean, that's not right, really. No, I agree. So what I'm saying is the best system to incentivize both the players who are to try the best creative situation, where you have the players who are ready coming out and people going to college and to make college basketball better and to have people ready for the NBA is. To is, allow, thing? is to allow high schoolers two year thing, but have a have an injury program where if a player gets hurt in college, they receive certain compensation to make up for the loss for some it of the ridiculous. loss. Seems ridiculous. I don't know. Seems ridiculous. Because otherwise, the argument is, otherwise more people will leave because they'll say, "Well, I don't want to risk getting injured in one of these two years." Or I, I or you, or have the NCAA set up the injury compensation program? I, I it's, if it's a conjunction thing, I where, think the only it issue. Be... Can I, Josh? Can I add yeah. to that, or I guess respond to that because I'm not agreeing with you? Is that what the NCAA needs to do a better job of? Is that if you get signed for a sports scholarship, that it can't that scholarship to the school itself shouldn't be able to be taken away due to an injury. But for yeah, them to get financially compensated doesn't make sense to me. It should still be paid to go to school because they don't have the money in their family and it's not their fault that they got hurt, but they shouldn't be financially compensated and then can just drop out of school. They should have to stay in school, but I think the colleges should pay, you know, for their tuition so that they can get a degree. And if they're not able to recover well, they, then they can still like, you know, make a living for themselves. Well, but the reality is they're losing NBA money. And like the way it would work yeah, but is almost to stay in school. Like I don't, are you agreeing with o- me, Oni or Josh? Yeah, I agree with you, Sammy. I don't think they should be compensated for not going to the NBA. Right. Like if someone wants to stay in school for all four years and get an education, that's amazing. But otherwise, if you have high school in two years, more people will be coming out of high school because they yeah, don't wait. want they won't want to risk the two years. I mean, years. I don't agree with that either. Sorry, may I interrupt real quick? Yeah. So, Josh, your idea, just so I can follow, is you have players. You can. Your choices are go to college for two years minimum or come out of high school but if you get injured in college you get financial compensation if you get injured in college and if you were legitimately going to be but a how are NBA you pick, supposed to yeah. how are you supposed to that yeah, seems really the really... same way you do it with arbitration and baseball you go you have a oh, you have a panel on. or a judge that evaluates your performance you get draft scouts to give testimony that you would have been a first round pick no you, yeah, it's the same way arbitration I, works I in baseball, that. where they put a value on your performance, and each team's make an argument about what they're worth. And this would be a similar situation where you provide evidence where you say, "I would have been worth this much in the but, NBA." But and this isn't for a lot of players, but what this does people is it incentivizes are, people jo- on jo- both sides of the thing? situation. I, 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 I yeah. People are going to hurt themselves, to be honest with you. I mean, like it sounds like no, if but... you break your leg intentionally, you can. But you were good in college; you can just get five million dollars, like. No, know. because you have because you would have to st- you would still have to provide evidence that you you would have gotten an NBA like a significant NBA contract. This isn't just for anyone. Okay, can I add one thing? I think that the, you no one knows how a draft is going to go. Like there are players that go at the end of the first round who many scouts could say, "Oh, he's definite first round," but they don't know. They're not the teams drafting. Right. They Nobody could, thought like, that Draymond Green would be exactly. Good. That was that my exact point that I was just about to make. Like, I was thinking about what you were saying, Josh. I'm like, Draymond Green was supposed to, like, like the Michigan State coach. I forget his name right now. Izzo. Izzo. Uh, Izzo. Yeah, Izzo. He was. He knew that Draymond was going to be amazing. He knew that Draymond should be a first round coach. So that would be a testimony. But he he ended up going second round. Like I don't see. And it's also like there's just undrafted players too that end up playing well and then they get paid. I mean Ben Wallace, Kendrick Nunn. Well, yeah, exactly. Sure, but Ben Wallace. I mean, like players like that, like Kendrick Nunn. Fine. You know, I mean, assuming he gets hurt, but which I mean, he'll probably in four years get a sizable contract. Yeah. But yeah. But in college, if he had gotten hurt, it's just not like that to me. It's not like baseball. A better thing, like I don't know. I just I just think that just let them come out of high school, and if teams want to draft them, great. I think if a guy declares for the draft and goes undrafted, he should be able to go to college first of all. 
that's something that I feel like just makes tons of sense. Um, mm-hmm. Because what happens a lot, I, I feel like, would be that a player goes undrafted and has lost their like college eligibility will just go overseas, and then they probably well, then you would have to move up the draft. NBA. You would have to move up the draft date. Yeah. Because that, just objectively, if the draft is the last week of June, they might have to sit out a year because getting them enrolled in college, into classes, and on the team, which may have already started practices, is just a hard thing to do at that point. But then, but the draft is already only a week after the NBA Finals, so you have then to move I, then up I feel the like NBA they would, Finals. Well, I don't know. I think that the more realistic thing would be that they do sit out a year. Is my is like the red and like they would just get an education during that one year, which is still valuable. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think I can see a scenario, especially if the NBA comes back in June this year and they end up pushing everything back where the NBA draft gets pushed up. That's just not in the cards right now because it's unrealistic yeah. to expect, you know, the Warriors to have drafted during their, um, you know, finals runs over the last five years. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the biggest problem, like something, maybe I'm a cynical person, but I think another problem that could occur with, like, the idea of, like, similar to baseball arbitration is bribes. Like, you get, you tell a scout, the higher you speak of me, the more money I'll pay you once I get that lump sum for getting injured. Yeah. That's why, yeah. that's why Yoni, I like. Josh just, like, with... Josh thinks like a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, Yoni, I mean, why... that's, like, you could say that thing, about. You could say that about literally anyone ever testifying in court in any situation ever. No, I know, but you specifically think about a lawyer because, like, your dad's a lawyer, and like, no, I know, I'm just, I'm responding to Aaron's point. Yeah, no, yeah, Yeah. like, and I think Aaron's saying he doesn't want that in the sports world, especially in college basketball, where it's already convoluted. I don't know. I mean, that's true in anything. Like when they're in sports, there are tons of arguments made. When a player is appealing a suspension, he makes an argument before a panel. I mean, they could you could bribe someone who's testifying for you for that. I mean, I just feel like that that's true of anything. Like you could no. theoretically bribe a team to yeah, pass on the yeah, draft. Like, Aaron knows, like, like I'm not disagreeing with you, Josh, that all of those are available. I was just saying that's like something, especially like in the NCAA that's already so corrupt, I would be pretty worried about it becoming even more corrupt. But Either the way, difference there, is there the corrupt people are the agents and not the players, and college players aren't allowed to hire agents. But then why is that? But right now the NCAA, like, staff, like, not staff, like, high-ups are corrupt. Is, is that, you don't agree with that statement, Josh? And so are I the agree coaches, with, I agree that like, they are. Penny Hardaway. Like Penny Hardaway paying for James Wiseman, I, I wouldn't call that. Uh, yeah, seems that like a nice thing, a little it, maybe it a little nice bit thing. of a uh, you know tempting. I don't know if it's like. I don't think corruption was the right like word. Like it's against I'll, the rules, but that. it's still yeah, a nice gesture. No, pa- yeah, paying nice... recruits is bad. Yeah, but helping them like that's, that's it, it's a different story. Was it was a very out. what's the word? It's a blurred line. <laughs> yeah, that one was a gray area, but like yeah, the gray idea. Area. I just like I don't know. That's my personal thing. I think. There would have to be like a lot. It would be a lot of work, and they would have to figure out like minimums. Like there would obviously have to be a minimum and a maximum that someone can get paid, because you never know if you make the argument, oh, they were the number one pick. You never know if it's kind of like how Zion got injured this year. Obviously, he still got paid and he came back healthy, but like it could have been a career-ending injury. Yeah, there's also the like, thing like a player, if let's say they're in their second year and they're going to be a top draft pick, they could get hurt and then still get drafted. Right. Yeah, like, that's why this is such a that? rare. Right. Just that's seems, why, I don't but, really understand. Well, no, but that's why it's a rare situation because there are still just. So, Josh, stories. Is, this, is your idea only for players who get hurt and then go undrafted? This is for legitimate career ending injuries. Oh, so for yeah, only for career ending. Yeah. And and define oh, career ending. I, like, they, like once they're settled from this arbitration, they cannot. They're not allowed to play professional basketball in the United States. Is that like the that, deal that goes along with it? Probably that right that they were that they were undrafted that they didn't have any NBA interest or they just couldn't play again. Like something that what's if, an example? Who's an I mean, example? I don't think of that? that happens very often. I right. mean, I'm trying to think. It doesn't happen yeah, very often. But the, the reality is. The reality but Kevin is, Ware wasn't going to be 
that's what that is what players worry about just objectively when they do that because there's still the one in a million chance. But there's also and, the benefits of playing under a Coach K for two years or Roy Williams, just in terms of like developing your basketball game. Like Grayson Allen would never have been able to come out of high school, you know. And I mean, like, right? I agree. And then he ended there. up being a first round pick, like Kennard. Yeah, he was like twenty third. It's just easier for me to think about Duke players. I don't know. But I mean, like, just, that's why freshmen who aren't ready are coming out. Like, just objectively, I saw this stat that a few years ago in the draft. 180 underclassmen yeah. declared, and there are 60 picks in the draft. So it's just well, that's people, part of that is because the G League is actually starting to be like a really great thing, right? People want to get paid now because they're worried about um, injuries, even though they're not ready for the NBA. And it, it is her, it is hurting both the quality of college basketball and it's hurting the players who come into the league not ready who would have been benefited. I mean, every time we see a player who stayed for an extra year, it helps them more than it hurts them. Such yeah. as? I mean, just this year, Trey Jones. Well, That's fair. What do you mean? Like, it helped It helped Trey Jones. I don't think Trey Jones is going to be good year. in the NBA. He's going to be a higher draft pick. Yeah, oh, you mean like that? Point. It's not. Yeah, it's and, not helping. And he will. He talent. will be better in the NBA. He be. He be just. He's a better shooter now. He would have been unusable in the NBA. He can now be a quality back point guard. So if he were to get hurt right now and was testified as a quality back point guard, how much money? Would, I don't know. That part of it, I just don't agree with. Like the arbitration type injury summit. Yeah, like I said, there would have to. Like how I kind of said, there would have to be a minimum and there'd have to be a maximum. But isn't the minimum zero? No dollars? Yes. But like a minimum. Minimum is they they... have to pay. Negative 150,000. Yeah, negative money. Yeah. No, but there would probably be benchmarkers for like, I I don't even know. There, There would be so much that has to go into it and it would be. Highly disputed, probably. I mean, that's true with any contract situation. I I don't don't know. This is a realist. Like, it's not. It's not like the NBA pulls numbers out of their hat for what max numbers and minimum numbers, and in baseball, what qualifying offers and arbitration numbers are. No college player that gets hurt should be eligible for a max contract, even if they were going to be the number one. Of course not. I'm not saying they should be eligible for a max contract. I'm just saying, using that as an example, that that number that numbers that are thrown out for minimum and maximum contracts. So here's the thing, Josh. Aren't just thrown out of the hat. There's a, they're like, no, for example, if somebody sorry, was the surefire number one pick and they got hurt, then in theory, they should be eligible for their $28 million. That would have been a part of their rookie contract, rookie contract. Like, but that's just well, not I mean, realistic. Like, realistic. Where's that money coming from? Is the NBA supposed to pay who from the NBA? Wait. Like, you're trying to pull out money. Yeah, from I don't nowhere. think any. I don't think any of this is realistic. Like, I, it, 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 saying, yeah, like the is NBA is not going to pay someone who didn't go to the NBA. Like, I mean, yeah, it means it's awful I don't know. They get injured. This is like that'd be a terrible situation if their career ended on that. And that's why they should be allowed to come straight to the NBA and risk not getting as much money. I, mean, I don't know about straight out of high school. It all of life is about risk versus reward, right? I mean, yeah. if we're getting really philosophical, but especially when it comes to college athletes, I mean, they you have to make a decision about when your game versus yeah. when you can get paid. And I mean, yeah, and it's even no, further. But it's, it's not true. It's not true that the money's coming from nowhere. The NFL currently has a workers' compensation program for players whose careers are cut short but the, but the, by injuries. Not, not and they send, not Josh, and they send though, them Josh, certain Josh, checks. These aren't players that went to the NBA. These are players that are still in college. No All right, but either NBA way, it's players – it's players who lost money. It would I, be the would, NBA playing them. They could set up a compensation fund. Wait, How wait. is it fair that the NFL That's is playing the most players? Paying players, Josh, do you not understand what we're trying to say? Okay. The NFL is paying players who played yeah. in the NFL. You're talking about the NBA playing pay, It could be a joint NBA NCAA fund. What they're doing is paying, players who lost, is paying players who lost out on money. Let Yoni, let Yoni so I think point. one thing that's a little different than what we're saying right now, but is more realistic, is when, Sammy, you were talking about the risk versus reward. I think that's the most important part right here. And when talking about risk versus reward, you're talking about who are those people that are influencing the NBA, like the college players to go to the draft? Or who are the people, like age, not age, right. like family members, whatever. 
exactly. like their so family. The most important part that is most realistic out of all of this is to put in like some program that helps those players, like r- like make, make the right the decision right and val- like know the value that they'll they'll be picked. Like if they're a player, like being able to hire an agent, but then that not like co- hire an agent, but like kind of poses like, other issues. Agent, but like go through a program that helps them understand their true value. They could maybe not hire an agent, but consult a scout or yeah. something like that like, as well. Like something where it's like they aren't reaching out to teams. Like it would have to be someone who wasn't an actual NBA scout. Like, again, all of this that we're talking is hypothetical yeah. because I think it my, – my problem is not as – is like – I mean, high school players will Sammy. be eligible for the draft soon. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah, Sammy. The, Unless something changes I, drastically. Where I'm in agreement with you – kind of is where it's like where it's like there's the the pay the fund for NFL players who played versus these college players who who were just well, potential. I, yeah that's very different but here here's here's my biggest thing is i think if college players wanted these assurances they would have to be willing to let like this is just a complete random thought and you guys can disagree and I won't mind. It's like they would have to let NCA go back to making the games, like the video games, so that they could profit off the like You're saying like, like if this was ever gonna be any possibility they just need more money. They would need more money to make it a fair deal. I think also the thing about trying to find value is that teams in in both baseball and football I'm sorry, in both basketball and football, I can't speak to baseball as much, um, is that even if somebody is hurt, teams have never been unwilling to pay for potential. I mean, first of all, my voice is all over the place right now, but teams have never been able or have never had a prompt pay for potential. Like RG3 was good for one year. And then the Redskins, after he tears his ACL, don't mind signing him to an extension because even though they know it's his second tour in ACL, since he's shown flashes, RG3 still, you know, made $80 million in guaranteed money. And like, it's in football it's a different story because especially with quarterbacks, but it's the same kind of thing where like, you know, Josh Jackson is gonna get paid this summer because he was the number four overall pick and he still has potential. He's shown nothing in the NBA. But if he had gotten yeah. hurt in college, he would have been eligible for what? The amount of money that Jason Tatum's about to get, you know, find himself getting. It just I don't see a way because it's not like Josh Jackson's really gotten a career defining injury. Maybe he's been hurt, but he's just been a butt. Yeah. Right. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about someone legitimately suffers a Bo Jackson type injury in college. Wait, that so almost and that's, 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 the worry, that. that's the worry among it, players. It feels like you're yeah, backpedaling. How often does this happen? No. Like, I don't, that, I don't see the, I don't not see often, but the point is players don't want to risk it. That's why they come out. They say they don't want to risk getting hurt and they want to pay for their families right now. Wait, so let, why don't we make up an example real quick so let's josh say Jackson kevin example Ware, not good well, but i don't think kevin I like Ware... josh... no no just let me hear me okay, out, I'm sorry, yeah let's say josh jackson was a guy who is projected to go somewhere between this is obviously in the lottery but the later end yeah. of the lottery okay like in yeah. 8 through 14 and he has his injury and let's say it's a, a compound I don't actually know what his injury was, but Josh let's just Jackson? say it. You're talking about Kevin? Uh, no. Oh, about Kevin Ware. Oh, like, I know he broke his like, leg, yeah. but like, I don't know the broke obviously the medical term. Was compound was it? fracture? <laughs> so it was a compound. I, yeah. 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 So it was a compound fracture. Yoni and I should Anatomy. technically know this, we probably but we don't. That, oh, Yoni, I have a story to tell you later. Kind of similar oh, to that of Alex Smith's injury yeah. that happened this past year, where it's like... That's a career-ending really, injury. Yeah, exactly. So... He has a compound fracture. That was a life-threatening injury. Yeah. There's no way he's going to play anymore, but he was projected to go somewhere between 8 okay. and 14. So that's where, like, you have a guy, he had talent, he has that career-ending injury, and he could be someone who could, like, apply for arbitration or whatever we're calling So it. can I go back to something I suggested that I think could fall into this landscape? Wouldn't it make more sense and not even more sense, but just good people sense? Like it's going to be the NCAA should be doing this already is that you shouldn't be able to take away scholarships to the school itself 
due to injury. Yes. Then instead of instead of just giving these people money for potential, you're allowing them to reach their potential in a different way. Right, so that's I think, I think, I think the, the most point realistic is thing. Their potential. Wait, may I say something real quick? And, and can then... I say one more thing? And I think yeah. more people would be on board to support that financially because that seems like just the yeah, right I mean, thing to do. And that seems like something so, people would donate to and there would yeah. be fundraisers for yeah. that kind of thing. Josh, before you go ahead, um, I think that could come within like NCA structuring of players coming to college. It's like you sign that like a four-year deal where if you don't go to the college, like if you, you're a one and done and you leave, then the rest of the deal doesn't matter, but it guarantees you four years of paid for education. But the reality is, that, is Sammy, whole... was that what you were going for? I mean, not necessarily in a contract form, because I think that the way it works with college athletes is that they're given all these opportunities as long as they play right now. And so I don't know, but yeah, it's something along those lines. But the reality with the reality of a life of a college athlete is that they're not really getting the education. I mean, just objectively, they're there to play yeah, sports. Right. And so if you're going to be an NBA player, really go into about... that education. That's what we're saying. Wait, Sammy, let Josh finish his point, guys. Let Josh finish. And the reality of the NBA of the NBA is, if you are going to be a top pick, you're losing oh. a significant. You're just objectively losing a significant source of income, but... and. It would be players. Guys, would, just let him finish. You only let him finish. And I think the point you made about Zion Williamson's rookie contract, A, it wouldn't be the entire rookie contract. It would be maybe 40 for 50% of the projected cut. And second, but where are you finding I would $14 think, million? Dollars? I would think $14 million is like couch money for the NBA or NCA. Especially if you NBA, put the two to. I just don't, I still don't understand how you can. I, whatever. I, I guess I mean, we just I disagree think, that the NBA. Would be willing to pay people who don't yeah, play. Yeah, I think uh, what Aaron was saying is, and Sammy is a lot more realistic. Is that like Same, if a player yeah. gets injured in his second year and they not this contract, but what like they're going to school and they have like all the money supplied by the school and they're they get injured in their second year, like they're they're they should be paid for hmm. to keep going to school. Can I also add one more thing? Their medical well, already, yeah, covered. I, yeah, that that's definitely. another issue, which it's not always covered under the NCAA. It depends what type of health insurance your school yeah. provides well, for players, I... which is a whole nother issue. Can I give an example real quick? If you think about it, so had Zion's injury last year been career ending, but he chose to stay at Duke and like get an education, he technically would have been getting paid somewhere around 220000 because that's how much tuition costs. Like, they they are technically like I know NCAA players like think or at least there's some talk about them getting paid, but they're technically getting paid. Yes, but the reality I, I think right, the point think... Zion would make is he said I would have been I was an NBA ready prospect. I could have been in the NBA at that point, but you were forcing me to play in college and you cost me a significant sum of money. And he would have a legitimate claim to that. Yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with that, Josh, and that's why I think but Josh, players should be allowed to come. I don't think the NBA. Wait, Sammy, Sammy. It's just not the NBA's that. fault. Yeah, the money would have to come from. Well, no, it, Sammy, it is no because he could have chosen Zion could have less... chosen to play overseas if he really, really wanted the money right away, and then gone and like. But then he's being choice to, to either. But yeah. then he's being choice between most effectively developing his basketball game and doing what he feels is necessary. Which no, is, but that's the benefit, Josh, of making a player go to college is that Zion did get a lot better. But the same way, that's not the way Duke. players I mean, think because they want they want to be in the NBA at all costs and they'd rather get be there and not be as good and get money. I think that's the overall point. Well, then they could do what James then they could do what James Wiseman did after he couldn't play at Memphis anymore. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to wait out for this NCAA stuff to figure itself out. And he stopped. And I he think we can all agree. Like it's players who think not a good idea. To are... go, just objectively, like something that teams are worried about with James Wiseman going into the draft, especially if they're going to work on him as developmental project is a teams don't see you as much in game action. And B, it's worrying to go into the NBA without having played the basketball game for a year. Two years. 
Can I say? Uh, he he's probably he's probably gone into some. But sort like of a rec league. league doesn't count in terms I, of I meaningful competitive basketball. Wait, Josh, Josh. But he'll get that in preseason play in summer league. Like he will get the experience, and, and... he doesn't need to be an MVP his first year. Like he'll play right, but the reality he's healthy. And, and he's he's extremely athletic. He's massive. Like. He'll I think be fine. Probably yeah, isn't I think the greatest example. I for also this, think that would... we're trying to kind of, or Josh in particular, because I think we all agree that it's just we need players to come out of high school, and then there's a few other things if they do go to college. Is we're kind of trying to fix something that's about to be fixed, because in 2022, yeah. as of now, players from high school will be eligible, and then they don't have to worry about the college process if they think a that getting an education is important, or b that their game needs to be developed, and that colleges offer them then they'll get to go and have that experience. And because the NBA was an option, like, then you can't be Does that mean that Moni Bates will be ready to get, will be able to go straight to NBA? In theory, yeah. And that's why players or teams are trying to stack up on 2022 draft draft picks because it's probably going to be the most loaded draft class ever because it's going to be the 2020. It's like like when JDS added the sixth grade to the upper school. And, I mean, it was just twice as many prospects (laughs) coming in. And, you know, I don't know. It's just – it feels like we're trying to find a new solution for a problem that's going to be less prevalent when the solution yeah. seems obvious, which is that they should yeah. be, have their medical bills paid for and they should not have their tuition uh, Yeah, I think something that will be revoked. interesting to see is that um, how many players will stay four years if they go to college and how many players that stay four years will get drafted. And, like, what's the comparison between high school players? Like, we'll... Right, and uh, the one thing I do agree oh, – I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Yoni – the one thing I do agree with Josh, like the one thing that he said that I definitely really do agree is that if the um, NBA going straight to high school is an option, then there should be yeah. a two or three year minimum in college because yeah. then it would make college basketball like and rivalries that's, that's what would be a lot more. Has. I just think it would be great for the sport. Um, a two, wait, what do you mean a two or three year in, deal? In like baseball, you have to go for two or three years? No, not a deal. Just like you have to play two years in, in base, college. In baseball, you you're allowed to come, you out, come of out of high school. If you go to college, you have to stay for three years. So, so they're either going to have players going right out of high school. Right, there will be no one and dones. But why would? But why are you not allowing someone to get that one year of education? Like, if someone wants to go to college for a year, because it's not. Well, first of all, getting one year of education no, in like, terms of like Josh was saying, yeah. like student athletes are only called yeah. student athletes because it rolls off I, the no, tongue better than athletes. I think students. That, like, let's say there's one player who really wants to go to like have Roy Williams as his coach, or like have Coach K and like teach him a few things. Then they should have well, to do for two years, to be honest with you. Because quite years? frankly, a, a student athlete, because for a few reasons. First of all, because if it's about education, getting one year of college education is just not that much different, especially for a student athlete. Second of all, it's good for the NCAA, and the more money that the NCAA brings in, the less likely they are to screw over the people who do get hurt because they'll have more income, and it gives them more money because players, first of all, it would be teams where you know Jason Tatum would have gotten to play with Brandon Ingram. Yeah. And that kind of thing. And so there would be better talent. More people would watch. I mean, I think... Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 think I don't think you can force a player but, to stay for two three, two or three years. And I don't... I think... Why, why can I they think, do that in football? What? I mean, you're saying the difference is because coming out of high well, school no, is I an think, option? Yeah, I mean, if, I, well, I don't know anything about this particular situation. Based Base, on football is, or basketball is the but, only sport where anyone is allowed to come out of college even before their junior year is over. <laughs> Yeah. The one and done thing is just so weird. Like thirty, like it yeah. just doesn't, it and doesn't I mean, really make sense. And other I than the fact that we were born a good into number it. because the reality is no one goes to college not ready for the NBA and then one year later they've developed into a top drop draft pick, right? All the what yeah, all the well, it's very pretty rare. much I mean, it's all very one and done who are top I think the exception, Josh, is like players who are still. Yeah, growing. I mean, right. there are a bunch of players that but are still growing and need some all, more mentoring. All the and college really helps them adjust from high school to much, college to the NBA. Pretty much, pretty much all of the one and done from our lifetime who were top draft picks could have been top draft picks. Yeah, could have come out of high school as a top draft pick. Like if Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett leave the year before, they're the number one and two picks in the draft. Um, and just college didn't do much for them. And if you're going to college, you're working on your game. And if you really need want to develop into a top draft pick, 
from being a raw prospect, it'll usually take at least two years, like it did for Ja Morant. And what's uh, and what's so exciting for like the 2022 NBA draft is like let's say last year had been the 2002 2022 NBA draft, or I guess two years ago. I mean, then the top five would have had a whole like it would have been so stacked. It would have been Luca, Trey Young, Zion, RJ, and then probably well, no, Trey, Trey like, Young like, and Aiton might have come out of high school. Just it, you could have just bumped everything up a year. You could have you could just bump everything up. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, and like the thing is, this coming from a Duke. Well, no, 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 Josh, no, Josh, they couldn't have because I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought we were talking about Josh. That they couldn't have. Um, right. No, no. And listen, I'm speaking of this as a Duke team whose teams are built off of one and done players. I mean, yeah, but honestly, like that's why it's not these Duke teams from the past seven years have always had a top three pick, but they've only won one title. And the one title they won, Jaleel Okafor wasn't really the best player on the team. Yeah, in the I mean, Final it was, it was I mean, Tyus win, Jones. Most outstanding Final Four player. Yeah, and so it's like it, colleges don't have as much an identity yeah. except for their coach anymore. And well, it's, I mean, not as, it's not as enticing. It's that, that, watch, that, watch that, that, the Zion team was still the best team in college basketball. Like, I don't think – I think – that yeah, yeah, that's a very different story. Like that's it's just, absurd that they didn't. Remember. It's it's because it's not only did they have three of the yeah. what top five prospects, but it was also that it was the most outed prospect. Yeah, well, the, re- the reason I'm not they didn't win is just it's not because of the freshman thing because that was a more mature team than some veteran Duke teams I've seen. Just in the way they handled yeah, I mean, themselves. To, but if they had gotten to stay two or three years, there right. Would be, uh, the reason you know, they, they lost was because RJ Barrett. Yeah. decided that he was that no I mean but that he yips. was going to be the closer like I saw this incredible stat that Duke lost <laughs> yeah, uh, Duke lost three games with Zion on the court and they were all one possession games like the first game they lost with him 89-87 the second one they lost by like four in overtime and the third one they well because at re- end of regulation possession. I mean Duke was down by one at the end of regulation, oh, okay. and Zion, because Zion got. Then how did it go into two. overtime? Gabe Jink, Gabe, Gabe Jink, second oh, free okay. throw. I'm still mad at him. Yeah. Um. <laughs> one time, one time, Duke went up eight with like a minute left against Syracuse, and I texted Josh, "Good game, they won." And Josh is like, "If they don't win, I'm not." Like we were supposed to hang out that night, and he's like, "Now if they and lose, Duke, I'm not Duke wound coach. up winning by two. He would... <laughs> um, but. That sounds like a Josh. I think he's but, being um, serious. I can't and then sure. the last game, um, we lost Michigan State by one. And if if I was, if Josh you combine, if you combine the last three the last two minutes of each of those three games, so in those six minutes, Zion yeah. took one shot and RJ took nine. But I, it was also clear, like the one knock knock against the Duke team is like. They probably shouldn't have even been in that game against Michigan State. The odds of them winning both the games against um, uh, UCF and Virginia Tech were very small. But on the flip side, right. it also shows like, how good that team was because any other team. That's my thing. Well, the Virginia Tech games. game, like we outplayed I... Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech was lucky to be <laughs> in the game. The UCF game. Well, no, but the thing about you guys the got U- lucky. No. It was the a classic thing is, Cinderella. The Aubrey thing is, the UCF game was not lucky because how many times have we seen a March Madness game where there's a heavy favorite against an underdog and the underdog just comes out with someone who's playing the game of his life and is unconscious and the other team doesn't know how to respond and gets run out of the building? Like, I don't know how many times a team goes down by four with two minutes left in that situation. And has the mental fortitude to come back and win. Like, for a bunch of 19-year-olds to do that was incredible. Yeah, but there was one call that changed the game. Wait, yeah. may, I, may I make one last point about that game, though? But, but it's also worth noting that uh, Josh, a Duke fan, and Aaron, a UNC fan, are very biased parties to this game. Well, yeah, but my biggest problem was the UCF players went for an alley-oop with not – I forget how much time was left, and they screwed up the alley-oop, and I think yeah. – Quick guy three. came back and hit like a quick. Okay, but I yeah. hate when three, people say that which... that makes the game lucky. Because yeah, it's about taking advantage of opponents' mistakes. That's yeah. what sports like, is. That's fair. Like, that's like fair. I had somebody um, tell me that the Nats' whole playoff run was lucky because Trent Grisham, uh, you know, misplayed a ball. But at the same time, 
Juan yeah. Soto stayed in a right. Theater that thing is stupid. Got, like, like, I don't so know. UCF blew an alley oop and Duke didn't. Like, is Duke lucky that they won because they didn't blow an alley oop? Like, I I think, and it's I I mean I don't think I'm being too biased just because I've seen a lot of Duke wins in my life. And I would I, that game is probably in my top five or ten favorite Duke wins of all time, and it's rare that someone would say that for a team that uh-huh. dominant beating a nine seed by one in the second round. But du- the thing Duke did it. Well, no, now it's been renamed. It's the second round. Um, and now it's renamed by that point. Oh, okay. Um, but and it was renamed by that point. In that game, um, Got it. like. Duke didn't play poorly. UCF played incredibly. And so many times when that happens, a team just mails it in. And after that game, I honestly felt we were going to win the championship because I was like, I've seen so many Duke teams lose that exact game in the past. And that was not that yeah, much it wasn't different South than South Carolina. Carolina. But against South Carolina, when South Carolina went on their run, they didn't know how to respond. When Mercer went on their run, when Lehigh went on their run, they didn't know how to respond, and that team did. Yeah, and there was, it was. That's it was, I mean, something Amen. special about that team, and that that that's like just because I care more about the Ravens and the way they lost the 2011 team haunts me the most. But that team is the best sports team I've ever rooted for that didn't win a championship. Last year, the Ravens good. were better. Yeah, than but the 2011 Ravens lost in more excruciating fashion. Yeah. Yeah, just a little. Got it. Uh, so, one last point. We said we were going to mention some current baseball. Um, ESPN is nearing a deal with the Korean Baseball League. So, we could potentially I'm, getting be getting live. That's, yeah. it's not, I'm sorry. That's yeah, worse I than the WNBA draft. That. That's, that yeah. just makes me feel worse, frankly, that South Korea – did such a great job and they really yeah. did with this whole coronavirus thing. They're yeah. like, like people, when they hear, when they learn about coronavirus, not from an individual's country standpoint, but from a whole 100 years or now, they're going to say, how, who treated the best? And they're going to look at South Korea and they're going to say, who failed to prepare? And yeah. they're going to look at the United States. Yeah. But I think that's a good place to stop right there. Uh, Sammy, you want to bring All us right. home? So. I think luckily you guys can finally hear me at the end. Do not disturb work. Um, so I'm happy about that. Um, this week we got a few exciting things. We've already mentioned tomorrow's top 15 centers. And then most likely um, we'll start our all-time series, which I worry is going to be a little bit harder in terms of positions. And I think us as a floater staff will have to kind of talk and, you know, actually make a list like Yoni had suggested um, of guys who, like, we are deciding play that position. So either way, you'll have something, you know, historic NBA to look forward to. Um, Tomorrow, or no, Wednesday, right? We're doing four articles all in the same day, a floaterpod.com first, where we will all be ranking two divisions drafts and giving grades and I think just general feedback. So you have that to look forward to. And the same day, Wednesday, we have our first football rewatchables, which I think we're all looking forward to. It's also going to be the first rewatchables for an actual sport where we're all together, which is a you know an exciting thing. But you know that could also change. Uh, Thursday open mm-hmm. mic like usual, and uh, the weekend should be exciting. But I think we'll get to that later in the week. I hope you guys have a great Monday or whatever day you're listening to this. And other than that, I just have to remind you to stay home, stay safe, and stay loyal.